Welcome to the inaugural Empty Lot Podcast that's sponsored by Intentional Intimacy Ministries. I'm Eddie Cox. This is my co-host, Keenan Bovey. And Keenan, good morning. Thank you for being here. And uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name's Keenan. I live in Roy City, Texas. I am celebrating 13 months of marriage with my wonderful wife, Lauren. We have two pit bulls who are probably still in bed. Uh, I'm a bivocational pastor, so I'm an associate pastor at Casa View Baptist Church in Garland, Texas. And my 9 to 5 is with 4L Engineering with my buddy here on the left. And Eddie, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks who and what we are. Well, as I said, thank you, Keenan. We're Intentional Intimacy Ministries. We go by the letters IIM. Our mission statement for this ministry is to lead men, women, and families to engage in growing in an intentional intimacy with God through a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as they grow in prayer, studying Scripture, and sharing their faith. We also here at Intentional Intimacy Ministries are very engaged in the homeless community in Dallas, Texas. We provide food, clothing, we even give them a packet of God's Word through daily devotionals because we believe that you have to engage not only physically with food, but engage spiritually with the bread of life. So we're excited about being in the homeless community. We pray for them, help lead them to local shelters that we have partnered with. We also, our website for Intentional Intimacy Ministry is intentionalintimacyministries.com where there is a daily devotion that I have the privilege of writing on a daily basis, as well as uh, the in- introduction to the ministry and our empty lot page, which this podcast is named after. We'll speak a little bit about that here in a little bit. We also do speaking engagements. We do a couple of yearly seminars where we train men, women, and families how to engage in growing in a relationship and intimately with God. And today we're so excited because we're launching our Empty Lot podcast, which will be done bi-monthly in the coming 2023. As you embark on an re- intentional, intimate relationship with God, I love A.W. Tozier, and he has a quote, and I want to encourage our listeners today. It says, the cost is certainly high, the pathway rough, the way forward is often lonely, but the rewards you will gain of knowing God in an intimate fellowship will be well worth the journey. And I'm excited because today joining us is not only one of our board members, Rick, but our special guest, Jim Ramsey, who is the founder and principal advisory consulting firm, as well as the current chairman of the board for the men of Nehemiah uh, in Dallas, Texas. He had the privilege of working with Jim for uh, about a year. He was very instrumental in my growing when I was there at the Mena Nehemiah, and we're so thankful to have him this morning. So, Jim, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Keenan. I'm going to follow your lead. I <clears throat> live in Dallas, Texas. I've uh, been here since about 1985. Married my lovely wife, Melinda, and I married for 37 years. Praise Got God. Two kids, yeah, four and four grandkids. The fourth just came on uh, Wednesday night. So, Wonderful. yeah, praise God for that, too. Amen. And a Labrador retriever that uh, <laughs> my girlfriend. Um, I grew up in Mejia, Texas, small town, central Texas. Um, went to Texas A&M. Uh, moved to Austin, where I got baptized into the Baptist church. Moved to Dallas, where I joined Park City's Baptist Church, which is where I've been ever since moving here. Um, and had the good fortune of working for PricewaterhouseCoopers for a long time when I retired from there. Had a little bit of time off due to a non-compete. I went down to South Dallas to the Mena Nehemiah, which is where I met Eddie. And actually ended up working there for a year. And after that, joined the board and formed advisory consulting. And then I've been chairman of the board there since 2020. So it's a, been a great experience. And, Eddie, you're a big part of that, buddy. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Hey, Jim, tell us a little bit. Kind of walk us through your salvation experience, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I don't have a Damascus Road experience. You know, and I know a lot of guys that don't, right? But I always – I grew up in a Christian household. My mom 
was primarily the one who got us to church. My dad was there too, but he was a little more passive. My mom was a lot more assertive at it. I grew up, went to the Methodist church and they're in Mahia, Texas. And um, pretty much my whole time while I lived in Mahia before I went to college, I was in church about every Sunday. When I went to college, not so much, right? There were a few years there I dropped out, but I, I reintroduced um, myself to Jesus Christ uh, when I was in Austin. And like I said, I went to Hyde Park Baptist Church and, and then at Park City's Baptist Church. Uh, it's just been amazing. And, and I tell you, Eddie, um, never have I felt closer to God than at the men in Nehemiah, right? Where you're seeing men, uh, the photosynthesis, right, of salvation is actually happening there, right? Because yeah. we, we, you know, we feel like God is in that room. And we see it happening to those men. So, you know, I'd like to say, I don't have the blinding light that hit me, but I feel like I've always kind of been in the Word. But at the same time, I'm always growing, right? I still feel like there's a lot to learn. Mm. Amen. Well, you know, that's interesting. And I've uh, partaken in some of the activities of men and Nehemiah, having some of that background myself and being God in the room and watching the change. And you're seeing it from a, a different dynamic than a lot of other folks do so in going that route why don't you explain to us a little bit about what being intentionally intimate with god Mm. means to you yeah sure so to me intimacy means the being known and knowing Mm. someone like like you keenan and um that's that's a deep statement right being known and knowing and i think it involves trust you know because you can't really know somebody at an intimate level uh, unless they, each of you trust each other. The other thing I think about the question you posed is um, you, you, you get intimate with God at the time you most need him, right? Not when it's convenient. So it's not like Field of Dreams, right? If, if you build it, he will come. That's, that's not how it works. But, but I think God finds you, if you're seeking intimacy with him, he finds you when you most need it, right? And that's when that really happens. Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, uh, as we were down together at uh, Men and Nehemiah and get to work day in and day out with you, you know, we became intimate friends. And, you, you know, you were very instrumental helping me through some stages of my life. And I, I love what you said, knowing, the knowing part. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what intentional intimacy is, is knowing God. So, Jim, what led you not only to be involved with intentional intimacy ministry, but you wrote the forward to my upcoming book, and we are just excited about that. So wh- what led you to come up a little bored with us? And I hope I don't kill the sales of your book <laughs> because of that. You know, I was always so impressed with you. And when I left the world of Fortune 500 Consulting and came down South Dallas, it was a cultural shock for me. But what I, what I noticed was, was what you were doing down there and, and how not only were you involved in the ministry to the men of Nehemiah, you covered the whole community, right? And you were ministering to men and women. You were helping them find clothing and helping them find housing. You were doing so many things, Eddie. And I felt like, you know, it's like it's like Tiger Woods. There aren't, there aren't many people that are as good at what they do at Tiger Woods, but he, he hits every shot 10,000 times, right? And that's when I, I was struck by you, the, just the constant attention you had, right? to help and serve those people that really needed help and, and exposing them to who who Jesus Christ really is. I was just struck by that. And I was honored when you asked me to write um, in, an introduction to your book, right? And I, I don't know that I did it justice. Well, um, you did, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, you know, you've got a lot, so many things going on. Mm. You know, it encourages other people to come and partake. How can folks connect with you and contact you and kind of get engaged with what you're doing. Sure. My, um, my contact information, um, njramsey at visory, V-I-S-O-R-I-E.com is my email address. Um, you can find me at Mena Nehemiah from about 8 until about 6 almost every day. And on Tuesdays, you can find me there till about 8. Um, but I would, I would love to talk with anybody else that, that wants to know more about uh, the men of Nehemiah, anybody that I could talk to about Eddie Cox and, and his intentional intimacy ministries, um, or even Rick Morgan, right, if they want to know the truth about that guy. <laughs> so I, w- I would love to talk with you. Jim, we so appreciate you just uh, sharing your heart with us. But, you know, uh, 
I want to speak a little bit about the board here at uh, Intentional Intimacy Ministry. First, I want to tell a little story. You know, uh, my dear friend Rick, who uh, will be speaking here in a little bit, uh, just I have a love for this man, but I've, he's been saving devotionals that I've written since what 2015, Rick? Since the very first one, I think. You know, and which amazed me because he asked me, are you not saving them? I said, no, never really thought to save them. So, you know, he's been saving them. And he says, you know, I think uh, God wants to do, you to do a book. I said, well, let me pray about it. And uh, we took a trip down to Lake Murray, correct, and got on this uh, boat and went out into the middle of the lake and just sought God in this situation. So out of that birth, Intentional Intimacy Ministry, we're going to have the first book, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, coming out. But I want to introduce my board is uh, Rick Morgan, who's a partner in the Dallas private investment firm here. He's also a board member of Men of Nehemiah that I've personally known since I've been around Nehemiah. And uh, he's just a dear friend. You know, you have to have, I believe, three men around you that help stand you up in Christ and are the example of what Jesus is. And Rick is definitely one of those guys for me. Also, uh, Keenan here, my dear precious friend I've known for a long time uh, on the board, another one of those men that uh, helps support me, and I get the privilege of working with him on a daily basis. So Keenan's a little bit younger than I am, but I consider him a mentor in my life, and I've learned so much from him. So it was a privilege for him to come on the board. And not with us today is Steve Wilkerson. I want to give a shout-out to his wife, Kathy, who is celebrating her birthday today is why Steve is not with us. He's the senior VP at Search Commercial. I met Stephen at the Mennonite MI. So every relationship in this room mm -hmm. practically was uh, birthed out of the Mennonite MI. So we thank God for that. Uh, but Stephen has uh, been a dear friend of mine. So when Rick and I said, well, let's move forward, would ministry now come up with a board? I don't think he thought I was going <laughs> to naturally ask him to come aboard, but I couldn't do this without these three men in my life. They've been such a support. So I know we're going to uh, speak a little bit and allow them to uh, talk a little bit, Keenan. So. Yeah, well, let's, what this ministry means to us, for me personally, you know, where, where's God calling you to, to go and to do? And one thing that I learned early on from a much wiser man than I was God doesn't steer apart cars. You always have to be in motion. Even if you don't see, you're to walk by faith, and God will direct those steps. But those steps get easier to decipher the more you get intimate with God, the more that you build that trust in that relationship with God, the more that you seek God as much as you did in that foxhole, making that an everyday moment of an everyday consistent and intentional walk with God. And that's kind of what intentional intimacy ministry means to me. But it always starts at my doorstep. I have to do it so others can see it done. You know, Paul Paul says uh, one of the most f famous lines and people will say, well, isn't it a little arrogant? But when I was younger, I wish there was a man in my life that would say, follow me as I followed Christ. Give me an example. And I think this is what this ministry is is in part doing is showing that light to other members of their independent particular bodies wherever they are how we can engage god's people in a real and meaningful way what about you rick well first off thank you very much for the opportunity to not just participate in the podcast but also to uh, be involved from the very beginning in the creation of this incredible ministry. I have a lot of confidence and faith that God is going to use it in a mighty way as we surrender it to Him. And the thing that uh, one of the one of the beliefs that I have about the ministry so strongly is that everyone involved in it is committed to glorifying God through mm. the Word and the podcast and the daily devotional and the and the putting beliefs to action as we serve the needy. Yeah. Uh, when we follow God on that Emmaus Road invitation, He always shows up. Mm -hmm. okay? So 
as for myself, I'm Valerie and I are originally from Nashville. We have lived in Dallas since 1982. We've been married 43 years. Amen. To my best friend and my and my wife, my sister in Christ. Um, we have three beautiful sons, all grown, five grandkids, two daughters-in-law, and we just have a wonderful family. And uh, active reading of the Word and conversation about it and participation in our local churches across America um, is part of our life. And we follow that up with service from the youngest all the way up to the oldest. When Eddie and I were on that uh, boat in Lake Murray a year or so ago, we cast our nets and didn't catch a single fish. But we came back with a net full of call and opportunity. And uh, God provided it, and, and, and uh, it's been a joy to answer that call. So I'm really grateful, grateful for that. Well, you know, it's, it's a privilege, guys. It really is for me, you know. And I love uh, the analogy that we come back with a net full of opportunity and call. Because that's exactly what intentional intimacy is. It's a call to engage in knowing God, as Jim said. For allowing it to come to your doorstep, as Keenan is saying, you know, for us to engage in this process. So I want to ask you both uh, how you believe being intentionally intimate with God will affect not only community, the nation, and the world. Start with you, Rick. That's a great question, Eddie. It's a big one. Um, to set up the answer, I'll just take uh, myself as an example and a filter and see how far it applies. Uh, my life has been the experience of answering God's quiet but intensely personal call to claim and embrace my true identity as only He can guide and direct. I believe that God has endowed each of us with an identity. We don't create our identity Eddie, we receive it. Amen. It's revealed to us. Amen. It's God breathed into us. We experience our identity in the form of our roles. I have a role as a husband, as a father, mm -hmm. as a worker, as a friend. I have a role as a citizen, right? I have a role in my community. Yes. But that I bring my Christ-breathed identity into my roles. And... My identity defines and directs my roles. So as I acknowledge God, my creator, as exemplified and personified, not by words or by advice, but in the flesh of Jesus Christ, verbum carol factum est, the word became flesh. As I acknowledge that truth and take it in in an intimate and personal way, I'm empowered to take my identity and put it into my roles and create with God a little better world than the one that comes upon us. We have never been in our nation's history a Christian nation. We've been a nation of Christians. There's been opportunities Amen. and times where we were a nation of Christians, but you don't have a Christian nation. You have a nation of Christians. And if you want one, it's as available to us today as it was in 1776 when godly men and women acknowledge God and humbly and with gratitude come to His throne and take up the call to work the garden all the way back in Genesis. Work the garden with me. When we answer that call, He empowers us through the Holy Spirit to take our identity into the world through our roles. And one man, one woman, one child can make a difference. Don't ever think that we can't, that you can't. Nehemiah's proven that to us, Jim. Yeah. Men coming off the street or out of prison, hopelessly addicted to drugs, can turn their life around and it can happen quick. The power of God, there's no place on earth that he can't get to and no person so far away he can't touch. And if you really believe that, he doesn't show up. He's always been there. Amen. 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 So that's what I think. Amen. What about you, Keenan? I have to follow that. Let me touch the hem of this man's garment, really. Uh, can I just say amen? Um, you know, I heard uh, 
a guy teaching a seminar and he says, you're the average of the five men you spend the most time around. And this is why I'm so just excited to be here. You know, I'm usually the youngest one around, um, but that's okay. Uh, so I want to absorb everything from these godly men around me and allow God to pour that into into my life and to follow them and to be an example and encouragement to them. Um, how do I believe being intentionally intimate with God will affect our community? How could it not? Right? God is concerned about community. He is the bread of life that we may have communion with Him. He wants us to be his hands and feet. Once we're intentionally intimate with him, we're going to go do and, and, and live the life we've seen the master walk out and do in the word of God. And it'll affect our community. And it's the old Calgon commercial, right? And they told two friends, and they told two friends, and so on. And so I affect these few folks in my community, and they affect their few folks in their realm. And then sooner or later, we're all touching as one in the nation. We're affecting the larger body. And the next step after that is the world. Now the world knows. Go therefore, make disciples. Eddie and I, we don't call it the... Good suggestion. Great command. Uh, great not the great suggestion, but the great commandment. There you Amen. go. It's not Amen. a suggestion. It's a commandment for us to do that. And you think, well, that's just what I got to do. You know, it's just another thing. You know, jo joining a board of ministry is just one more thing on it. But once you step back and you look and you see what God is doing through your little bit of effort and your little bit of want to, mountains are moved. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm consistently reminded at every turn of my life that God is already going and he just invites us to go with him. And in that, we will change the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hey, Jim, I'd like to ask you the same question, if you don't mind. Sure, and, and I'm not going to be as erudite as these two were. But, you know, the, the thing that strikes me is that we have a nation that's desperately seeking intimacy and they're seeking it in front of a phone or a computer screen and they're not getting it. In fact, you're getting the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking for relationships and, and you're not getting that at all. And the, the odd thing is, um, and Eddie, I, you know, you're, you're just an amazing man, right? Uh, you're, you're my, uh, my idol, you know, <laughs> but see what you're doing here, you can experience intimacy with people thousands of miles away, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. The, the person you're living with, you may not be intimate with, right? Mm. Because you don't know or trust him. But, but you could be intimate over a long distance based on the relationships you forge. You know, we, <clears throat> we tell the guys down at Men and Nehemiah that um, addiction, the opposite of addiction is relationships, right? And Lewis Harrell Another brilliant man who founded the men in Nehemiah in New Orleans, um, he says the definition of poverty is the absence of meaningful relationships, right? And so through what you're trying to do here, Eddie, you're, you're given a gift, right, uh, that could, who knows where this thing could go, right? And it's it not only locally, but through the use of technology, it could be nationally and internationally, right? Amen. And that, that's the kind of the vision when Rick and I were on that boat that, not only just for Dallas, Texas, for the nation, for the world, and internationally. You know, when you talk about intentional intimacy, we're a community. We're a community of believers, but the people that we are around on a daily basis are a community. And if we're intentionally intimate with God, that'll be like a light. The Word says, you are a light under my path and a lamp under my feet. And we were called to be the light, so we'll stay in the light. We will lead our community, our nation, and the world. Jim, you brought up a great point. This nation is in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to uh, bring out political, but our nation is not founded under God anymore. One nation under God is what this country was founded on. Mm -hmm. So it's time for ministries to step up and lead people into an intentional intimacy with God in our communities, in the nation, and in the world. Yes, Rick? You know, Eddie, you're so right. I, one of the confirming moments for me personally as you and I prayed about the formation of Intentional Intimacy Ministries was 
the inclusion in our mission of active, deliberate service to others as a confirming and affirming uh, evidence of the intentional study of God's Word, of praying to God, of carrying out our faith with our actions and our treasure and our energy is where the magic happens. And I know when we were at Nehemiah, Jim, we always knew we were helping impoverished, broken men coming off the streets with drug addictions. What we didn't realize until a little further in was as members of churches in the safer, richer parts of town started to participate, those neighborhoods got stronger. And the intimacy with God in those houses began to increase. God has a two-way blessing, not just to those that are served, but those that serve. How many of us have come back from a mission trip in Cuba or Central America or South Dallas? I know, Eddie, you've been to India. We've been all over the world, and you always say, we always say the same thing. I was the one that got blessed on that trip. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. A lot of our volunteers from North Dallas thought they were going to come down South Dallas and bring Jesus with them, right? What'd they find, Rick? I went down there thinking I was looking for the lost sheep. And I was driving back one night after going down there for a few months, and God finally got me in a spot where I realized I was the lost one that was being looked for <laughs> the whole time, Jim. I thought I was looking for the lost sheep, and I was. You can just imagine that little sheep out there by himself, thinking, "Where'd all these crazy sheep go? I'm the only one that knows where I am." And I was the lost one. God was trying to get get out of that pew. I wasn't lost in terms of my salvation. But I was lukewarm in my embrace of the godly inheritance that I received through Christ. He died not for all sin. He died for each one of them. Amen. And he died for me. And when I got it down to that personal level, Christ is on that cross because of and for me, mm -hmm. the Amen. God that put the stars in the sky, that has cattle on a thousand hills, died for me. Man, when you get your head and heart around that, it's you can't stay in one place. You can, you know the glory word, Eddie. Yeah, someone shout glory. All you can do is shout glory. <laughs> I was dead. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. Amen. Like that man in the Bible told that group of judges well isn't, isn't that the, isn't that incredible the funny thing is you know we all think we're going to go down there and, and save someone we forget how sick we really are and i found one of the best cures for my sickness is service you know we all we're all talking about this intentional thing but i think we're all men of being deliberate and one of my gifts as a young man was being deliberately disobedient I wish someone would have exchanged that word with intentional. You're being intentionally disrespectful. You're being intentionally rebellious. Why? You know, there's a cure for that. There's a reason for that. There's a reason reason why you're doing what you're doing the way that you're doing. Have we ever tried to be deliberately obedient? <clears throat> that's we call an, that intentional. That's an incredible observation, and I think one of the great lessons that I've learned in the last... 10 years of my walk with Christ, did he? I always believed that God's call on my life was you empty out that garden of all of that sin and then we'll start to plant some good things. <laughs> what I realized after years and years of trying and failing at that endeavor is you can't run a race looking over your shoulder and running away from the sin and the brokenness. you got to love God and face Him and the more intimate, the more I embraced intentional intimacy, I began to choke out that intentional disobedience because those two things can't grow in the same plot of land. And as I embraced God more fully, letting go of the other got a little bit better and mm -hmm. easier. You know, one thing I learned from you, Eddie, is when you're trying to get started intentionally, just being in a place where you can serve, just being in position is huge, right? That's right. You know, and uh, what you're all saying for Keenan leads us into the next part of the, the podcast is 
as I read in our statement, it's not only prayer, study in scripture, it's sharing your faith. You know, we can sit here all day long, talk scripture and all this, but people want to see who you really are in a circumstance. You know, I've uh, had some quite a bit of loss in my life. I lost a little brother 17 years ago this month. I lost a daughter, It'd be seven years old in January. Did it lead me to a point to where I had to share my faith? People were looking at me. How's he going to react to this? You know, sometimes I did it pretty poorly, but God didn't forgive up on me. So it's very key what you're talking about is this sharing of the faith. I'm a firm believer that it says in God's word that God dealt every man a measure of faith. That's the unbeliever and the believer. But I think the difference is is men that are intentionally intimate with God is that they embrace that faith. You know, I've always grew up, uh, Lord, increase my faith. How do you increase God's measure, guys? So we just have to embrace it, and how we do that is the sharing of our faith. So, Keenan, go ahead and just lead us into the next I part. I mean, I think that leads us exactly to what we're talking about is the one who we find our faith in. It's Christ, and I think it's appropriate for the season as we talk about the meaning of Christmas. And so I like to kick the can around a little bit and talk about what Christmas means to us personally, theologically, and uh, how we live out that season in our lives. So I'll go ahead and kick it to you, Jim. And Good. I'll let you start. Well, you know, of course, it's the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the second chapter of Luke. Every time I hear it, I, I get choked up, right? There's just something about the way he phrases that and that story is just so powerful, you know? And, and um, so ever since I've had children old enough to listen, we've read that story on Christmas Eve, right? Amen. To, to kind of bring home, of course, Christmas is about family and, and celebrating relationships. There's a lot of other things, right? But but primarily that. You know, I, <clears throat> I'm i so thankful, right, for things I've gotten that I didn't deserve, right? And that's what Christmas a lot of times reminds me of, how blessed I've been when I didn't necessarily deserve it. Mm. Right? Do you guys have any traditions that your family does or things that you're looking for in particular? Oh, I'll go out and try to shoot a deer. If that, I'm not Amen sure. Amen to that. That's going to go over real big. But um, we just getting family together. Yeah. You know, is, is the big thing, and just because um, we don't do that often enough, mm -hmm. Eddie, and you, you kind of mentioned that a minute ago. I'm not intentional enough about getting family together, right? And so, kind uh, of reminds us of of why we're here and and what God has blessed us with, the meaningful things He's blessed us with. Amen. Rick, what about you, brother? Well, thank you for asking. Valerie and I, as I said earlier, we have three grown sons, uh, two daughters-in-law, and five grandkids. Uh, for us, Christmas is a time and a season where we, everybody gets to be together. We're very fortunate and blessed in that we, have, we are a believing family, and we get along. You know, a lot of families don't get along. A lot mm. of Christian families have a hard time getting along. We've been really blessed. Uh, we've been tolerant. We don't all do God and Jesus the same way, yeah. but we uh, we always celebrate together. When I think about Christmas, it's a little bit of a mixed emotion. Jim, it's kind of funny. I think about Emmanuel, God with us, right? Uh, as mentioned in Isaiah, I think about Paul making that observation that when time had fully come, at just the right moment in history, we don't worship an idea, guys. We worship a risen Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. It's a historical event. Everything from the moment of creation up until the birth of Jesus Christ, look forward to it. Everything that's happened since the resurrection and ascension of, the, of Christ to the right hand of the Father and the, and the coming down of the Holy Spirit looks back and points toward it. We don't have faith in ourselves. We have faith in that event and who Jesus Christ was and what he did for us. And our hope is faith facing forward. Not my hope in myself or my own ability, Eddie, but my hope in what Christ has done for me and who it means I am. Paul said at just the right time, God sent his son born to woman, born under the law. What? To redeem those under the law. Why? So that we might have the right to be sons. Amen. We're sons and we call him Abba, Daddy. 
And we have an inheritance that's eternal. We've never met a person in the face of this earth in all of history that wasn't eternal. You've never met a person that Jesus Christ didn't love and didn't die to personally redeem. And every man and woman we meet, we need to treat with respect and dignity because that person, no matter how loathsome and broken, Jesus Christ died because he's crazy in love with them. He's crazy in love with me. And that's what Christmas reminds us of. Sometimes, and it might be sin, I'm not sure, Sometimes I stand in my living room in that beautiful tree and all those gifts in that warm house and I think about people that don't have a place to stay, mm -hmm. people that are broken. And I have just little more than a tinge of guilt, Eddie, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's hard for me to get through Christmas without being a little embarrassed, frankly, at my riches. Amen. It bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Should it, you think? I think that's just the humbling nature once we understand the great gift, the great inheritance that we have in Christ. If only to share that with someone else for a little bit. You know, I, I love the story in Acts. Uh, the guy is, sits by the gate, and uh, what does Peter say? Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. But you know, that guy had been sitting there for quite some time, and you know who passed him every day? Jesus. See, there's work that God has for us to do, and until we follow him, we won't get to be employees, if you will, of the kingdom. But I think you're, hit, you're hitting on something that you are getting to earlier was um, who we are, our identity. And I think that's what Satan's robbed from the world is who we are. We are created in the imago Dei, in the image of Almighty God. And that's the first thing that he, st he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy is God in us, our relationship to him. Because once he can hinder that, all the other dominoes follow in suit. Eddie, what about you? What about Christmas to you personally, sir? Well, you know, uh, it has a special meaning to me. You know, I, I came back to the Lord at the age of 28, but not really coming into the audience of one or in this intentional relationship with him until around 2017, which is a big statement because I was ordained as a pastor in 2007. You're going, well, pastor, you mean you didn't have this relationship with God? I think it grows and evolves, but I think we can get caught up with serving God instead of sitting at his feet. You know, we can be so good at Martha, but we're not good at Mary. So that's the reason I've engaged since 2017 to set at his feet. But when we talk about Christmas, you know, I think about, as Jim says, the tree, the presents, the family. Think about this, guys. Christmas is by God. He designed this holiday for us. Let's talk about the tree. He grew the tree he knew would be the cross of Calvary. So you have your tree. Mm. Then it says, you will find him wrapped in swaddling cloth in a manger. What is a gift? It's wrapped. We have the tree and the gift of Christ. But we have a responsibility. What do we do with the present? We unwrap it to use it for what it was intended for. So we have the tree. We have the gift that's unwrapped. And once we unwrapped it, he's given us this Holy Spirit to engage us into this intentional intimacy with him so this christmas think about that as jim says we read the passage of luke chapter 2 at our deal that's something that the world is missing especially here in the united states we're so caught up with busyness we don't sit at his feet so when we celebrate christmas always look at the time and opportunity we have to know that we have received the best gift of ever. And I know there's probably some out there listening right now that's never received this gift. I want to tell you all, it's very easy, guys, out there listening to us. You just have to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You have to believe in your heart that he's the risen Savior. You confess and believe, and the promise of the Bible is that you shall be saved. Understand this Christmas that you have a gift that's setting before you. 
And here at Intentional Intimacy Ministries, we want you to unwrap that gift. Mm -hmm. And that gift is Jesus Christ. So, you know, the meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ. Some two, over 2,000 years ago, God wanted relationship with us. Think about that. I love uh, Psalms, and I'm going to paraphrase 37, 23, and 25. God ordains the steps of man. And it says in there, even though he stumble, he is not utterly cast down. Why? Because he's held in the hand of God. Think about that. When we were held, were held in the hand of God. Now he sent his son to cover us. He says, no one can snatch you out of my hand. When we talk about Christmas, we have a gift that no one can snatch out of our hand. Amen. Wow. Let's get up a bus mm. and go uh, right now. Man. <laughs> uh, you, you, know, you know, I was thinking about questions and Christmas is how, how do you view it personally and theologically? Forgive me, being in a room full of spirit-filled men, theology affects every aspect of our personality. And I want to thank God because every question, every time we've talked about it, it just seeps from your pores. It's just a magnificent thing when God sits on the throne of your heart, how he rules and how he reigns. And I, I always thought, what more beautiful example of the conquering, ruling king than to burst forth on this fallen place as a baby. What more humbling thing mm -hmm. than that could there be? You know, what does that mean that God burst on the scene and what did he come to do? Let's talk about that a little bit. Christ is here. He's on the earth. He's walking around. This is the first, if you will, Christmas season. What, Jim, what does that mean for the folks around them at that time when Christ burst onto the scene? They're in, in Bethlehem. You know, I, I think... Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you read the Bible, the shepherds knew it right off the bat, right? Um, the angel appeared. You know, they knew exactly what was going on. And all over the world, you know, the wise men understood what was happening and, and came to seek him out. The interesting thing to me, because <clears throat> I I, I'm a science guy, right? In fact, I was up this morning reading a book about physics. But Jesus' birth was foretold hundreds of years in advance of his birth, right? You know, these things that happened to bring Jesus into the world and for him to fulfill the promises that were made, again, hundreds of years before, that wasn't a coincidence, right? That was part of the plan. And I, I struggle because scientists can't explain everything, yet so many of them seem to dismiss uh, faith as an, a possible explanation, right? And when there's so many things, as Rick mentioned, there's historical facts that bear out that these things actually happened. These were actual events that happened, right? And it's pretty clear that it was all part of a big plan, part of God's plan. And I think on, on that night, God's plan was revealed, right? And, of course, it was revealed along the way, right, during Jesus' ministry and, and on beyond that, right? It's, yeah, it's still being revealed to me. You know, that's an incredible observation, Jim, and we live in not to get too philosophical about it, but we live in a postmodern world that has substituted uh, materialism and philosophy for God's Word. And if you think about it in a, in a, in a uh, psychological manner, that tree in a garden, Eddie, represents active choice to do life without him. Adam was in the garden. He was already naming animals. He had consciousness. He already had knowledge. He, he walked with God in the cool of the afternoon. He was called to work the garden before there was sin. God made him a co-worker. And that choosing that tree, he chose to experience that identity without God. And identity without God is chaos. And chaos always mm -hmm. reigns when we seek. I was a scoutmaster for 16 years of Boy Scouts until my back couldn't lay in a sleeping bag any longer. But I remember a map can be a perfect map and it's drawn out perfectly. And 
I've got to orient that map to my surroundings so I know which direction is north and south. For that map to work, I have to have a north star to orient it against. Yeah, and if you try to live your life in that two-dimensional way with just your map and your good graces and your good thoughts, you can't make it. For that map to work, you have to have that north star that never moves, that never ages, that created the map and the creation. And when you orient your life to that, without that mediating eternal star, you can't get through life in one piece. And that's the story of our faith. Mm -hmm. And I read all the philosophies and all the great minds in history and they all attempt to do the same thing perhaps a different way but they're all trying to substitute fundamentally the tree for the tree maker Amen. and when they do that <laughs> we get the bad we get the tree turned into a cross Eddie that's right and in the final chapter of revelation that trees in and then that living water is in heaven Amen. And that tree's doing what that tree's designed to do, being there with that tree of life. Amen. Amen. And and that's that to me is is our call as Christians today. I've got one last thought. As a scoutmaster for sixteen years, I used to ask the boys two questions. I don't know a whole lot about little girls, I never had any, but I know a lot about little boys. And I used to ask those boys two questions, Jim. I'd say I'd ask them the first question, what does God bless? What does he bless? And they'd say, well, I don't know, Mr. Morgan, what do you think? I said, God blesses everything he touches. Amen. God can't be associated with something and it not be perfect. He's a perfect God. If God blesses everything he touches, Mr. Morgan, what does God touch? I'd say, oh, boys, that's easy. Everything you surrender. Amen. If I'm willing to let go, of my job, he'll bless my job. Now it may not be the blessing I think it is, but he'll mm -hmm. bless it. If I ask, if I surrender my marriage, he'll bless my marriage. If I surrender that drive into the office, he'll bless that drive into the office. God will bless everything I surrender to him. That's right. And that's what intentional intimacy is. Mm -hmm. It's Amen. down to that level he knows every breath. Every breath. Amen. Mm -hmm. Right? That's right. <laughs> What's the word say everything was made? Through him and for, for, him, him, for him and by him. Amen. He's touched it all. It all belongs to him. And that's what he, God does when he sends his son into the earth is to reclaim everything that belongs to him. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that that is Christmas. That's the gift is God saying, it's, it belongs to me anyways, but you know what? I want to share it with you forever and ever and ever. Well, you know, Keenan, uh, the question was, is just an awesome question. What happens when Jesus hits the scene? Jim brought it up. It changed the shepherd's life. They were the first mm -hmm. to learn it. What they want to do, they wanted to go see. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was born in that stable, and let me tell you, that wasn't the birthing room at Baylor Hospital. This was a stable, and everything that belongs in a stable, animals, the hay, the dirt, the mess, you know, this is where our Savior came in the lowliest of lows. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. See, when Jesus showed up, it changed everything in the world the way God wanted it to intend it. Mm -hmm. You know, he was very meek and humble, but very firm and stern. When he said, come follow me, mm. think about following something. If you follow something, you have to believe in it with a blind faith. Mm -hmm. And those disciples followed him. But I believe that message is still today. Jesus is telling us, come follow me. Not what I can do, not what I can give you, but follow me as I lead you into a service of others. I feel like we, we bargained with God. If, if, if I do this, will you please do that? Right? And... and I accuse my my gold I mean my Labrador retriever of being a Labrador receiver, right? <laughs> and sometimes that's how I feel like I've got this anticipation that things are going to happen. And you know, Rick referenced it's not always what we want, and not always on the time we want, right? 
But the, the thing that's always amazed me about you, Eddie, is you've always been in service, right? Yes. And um, that's evidence. That's the evidence of the fruit, mm-hmm. right? I'm not using you as the, as the paragon, right? But you are certainly one good example of that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I think we could sit here and have another three more hours to talk about what Christ <laughs> has done in our lives and how he's taken all our rebellion and used it as the fertile soil to, to grow crop and for us to work that field and, and produce fruit. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, conclude here and kind of tell the folks uh, what's up and coming here, future things to look out for in Q1 2023. Uh, we're going to do a luncheon with ministry partners, kind of launch the the ministry uh, with our book, with our devotional, and get that into the hands of our folks. And also, we invite you guys to join the website, subscribe to our daily devotional. And in that, uh, there's a section there called the open lot. The empty lot. Empty lot. Sorry about that. Where we have pictures of ministry events. And also, we encourage other ministries in the area to promote what God has called them to do and having them to do in their local communities and their local bodies. This thing that we are doing isn't about us. It's about Him. And if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be fulfilled. And what we want to be fulfilled is His mission and His purpose for this fallen world. Eddie? Yeah, I want to just touch a little bit about that empty lot. It's designed for people all over the nation or the world to get in there and show what they're doing for the Lord, how they're being used as the hands and feet of God. The way it's set up is you have to join the empty lot. It's free, but join it. Put your pictures on there. Share your stories. Show people what Christ is doing through your ministry. See, part of being in ministry is partnering with other ministries. We don't have just closed hands. We want to serve open-handedly. So Empty Lot is a big deal for us. This is the reason I wanted to name the podcast because you think about it. We're in the homeless community. Where do the homeless usually hole up if they're not in a shelter or a facility? They're holing up in an empty lot. So use that website. Also on our website, there's a spot where you can ask questions. You can ask for a prayer. You know, uh, we're going to uh, speak a little bit about the upcoming year, but our desire next year is to do two podcasts a month. One is an interview session, kind of like we're doing today, but the other one is is we're inviting you to ask your biblical questions. Send them to us through our website, and once a month we're going to gather some of those questions, and we're going to discuss them on a podcast situation and answer your questions. So please get engaged with our ministry at intentionalintimacyministries.com. Check out the website. There is the daily devotion on there. I have the privilege of writing that on a daily basis. They're Monday through Friday. But on Saturday and Sunday, it gives you time to reflect and maybe go back and look at some of the ones we desire for you to do that. Keenan alluded to the book. It's called Conversation with God, 100 devotionals that will transform your heart, mind, and so and in that format is not only the scripture a description of what god puts on my heart and then we pray for you but we've allowed some lines for you to take notes please use that resource you know there's 365 day devotionals i happen to do one i believe uh my utmost for his highest i'm in my 14th year with that it changes my life but use these devotionals to engage you in walking intentionally intimate with God. We're going to, like I say, do 12 months of podcasts next year, so our goal is to do 24. Our goal is to do six big outreaches within the homeless community. But uh, also I'm a firm believer that uh, we don't give a hand out, we give a hand up. But also we uh, are going to minister to those that are the CEOs and the presidents. you got to minister up as well as minister down. So that's our goal for the upcoming year. You know, and uh, we want to see this ministry grow. We want to affect two more cities in this great nation here to, you know, to come aboard and show us what intentional intimacy looks like in your state, your town. And we want to partner with you as doing that, Kenan. So, you know, 
we're excited mm -hmm. about what God's doing here. I know we're fixing to end up, and I just uh, uh, want to tell a little bit about me. It, it, I love that it's not about me. It's all about Christ. But I do have four children, uh, three daughters, beautiful daughters, one now with the Lord looking down on us this morning. I have eight beautiful grandchildren. I do work in the uh, secular world for four-wheel engineering with my buddy Keenan. But uh, the big thing about me is that I have a heart to see people grow in an intentional relationship. But I also love to disciple men. I think it's very important that we engage personally with someone else. Men with men, women with women. And we do life together. So... I'm a firm believer that a disciple is a follower, a learner, and a reproducer. So we have to reproduce, guys. So I, I appreciate uh, everything that God's doing in my life. I have not arrived yet. I walk in the audience of one, and I just praise his name for that. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And if I could leave you with one thing here this is kind of like what our go-to thought process here is intentional intimacy is. Intentional intimacy with God is the Father has ordained it. The Son has accomplished it. The Holy Spirit empowers it. And what you need to do is claim it personally and live in the true identity with God and others and yourself and to that i'm going to say someone shout glory glory, glory. thank you eddie so rick if you would cl close us out in prayer pray for not only us in this room and our families but all those that will listen to this thank you eddie heavenly father it is such a humbling honor to come before you at your invitation at your command to kneel in the midst of our brokenness and shortcoming to acknowledge you as God. You are Lord and through Jesus Christ, your Savior. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for your gift, for our inheritance. You took our sin and gave us your robe of righteousness. Our names are written in the book of life. The ink won't fade the pencil can't be erased lord you dipped the quill in your own blood and wrote my name in that book lord i pray for each of the men here i pray for this facility for the producers for those helping make this podcast possible i pray for the ministry lord i pray for the homeless for the broken i pray for those imprisoned in wealth that don't know they need you Lord, I ask you to save our country. Call us to repentance. Give us the courage to acknowledge and embrace you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come to you and be counted among the faithful. Be with us as we go. Lord, as we leave the safe confines of this podcast room, we go into a broken world, but Lord, we go with confidence that we carry a message that is eternal and it's universal and it's powerful enough for us all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray and whose honor we, we, we glorify and proclaim during this incredible Christmas season. You are Lord. Amen. 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 Jim, I want to thank you so much for taking time this morning to come be with us. Blessings to you and your family. Y'all have a Merry Christmas thank and you, a Happy Eddie. Holiday. Thank you. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being my friend, for writing the forward to the book. I'm excited about that to get out, and it was a pleasure to have you. It's this an morning. honor and a privilege for me, Eddie. Yeah, thank you. The back. ship has sailed. You yeah. were on the inaugural <laughs> voyage. And Rick, <laughs> thank you so much for your all that you do in my life, for being a blessing. Keenan, for you, just... Uh, my heart's full, full with joy. But I want to also thank one other person. You haven't heard him speak, but he's right here in the room with us, Mr. Andrew Joseph. He is a, 
our web designer. He takes care of all of our social media. This man loves the Lord. And, you know, he puts people together. Joseph works with us down at Foro Engineering. So we get to have relationships. So, Andrew, thank you so much for coming down. I know that you're not mic'd up or anything, but we appreciate everything that you do. So, guys, thank you so much. Uh, everybody out there listening to us, uh, thank you for being a part of the inaugural podcast. Lord, so we lo- just want to say thank you. Join us. Look forward to being with you again in January. So look at the website and see when the date of the next podcast is. Love you guys.